This barn image. Disturbing, by the way. The Barney image you put in our notes. Yeah, I'm that scared. Barney image is quite frightening. <laughs> I don't know what to tell um, you, man. I being frightening at all, so. And I was a Barney kid. Were you enough of a Barney kid to have rented the original VHS tapes from your local video store growing up? Oh, definitely. Yeah. See, we did that with Barney, Elmo, stuff like that. That, what you're looking at right there, is the original horrifying Barney costume. Maybe it wasn't the original. Maybe I just remember renting tapes, but it wasn't the actual original. Yeah, so it's been the a long first time. Barney, we found out the hard way because my little brother, he was, he wants to forget this part of his life, but he was deeply into Barney for a good couple of years. Like he would watch right. it every day, sing along. He was of the right age. It's fine. It's nothing to be embarrassed about. But there were times. Yeah, we're the same age, so yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> we uh, we would go to the video store. And we saw, oh, there's a Barney tape here. And, you know, oddly enough, they wouldn't show the actual character on the cover. At least not in in good focus. And there's a reason why. That original Barney costume was trash. (laughs) So Yeah, it looks like they just carved it out of random foam pieces they found in a, you know, back alley or something like that. Yeah, the eyelids are completely, like, out of the mask. It looks a little more frightening. Like, you can see some kids being scared of this, Barney. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think this was my Barney that I remember, (laughs) at least. I don't think this was anybody's Barney. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, obviously, by association, I know way too much about Barney. Because my little brother was all about that. So, yeah. You know, everybody's upset because of the story that they're trying to, like, bring Barney back now. uh, In, like, a CG sort of design. Kind of like how they did Rugrats, you know? And he's a little more, like, cutesy. And he's a little more dinosaurish. Why are people... Why are grown-ass adults... Why do they have any opinion on this? Like, I don't know. It's it's for kids. It should bring Barney back. That's nice. Kids should be able to enjoy Barney. <laughs> they should. And I think it would look even creepier if they made a, a CG designed character that looked like a man in a suit just hanging out around kids. That would be yeah. a little creepier. That would but be incredibly are. creepy. No, they. I think it's a great idea. Like, like I'm amazed they haven't done this sooner. Honestly, they tried. Like they tried over the years several times to bring back Barney, but it was always the man in the costume. You know, they had yeah. Barney's Great Adventure, where they had a, a full feature film starring Barney and and I think uh, I saw that one. Kyla Pratt, Kayla Pratt, yeah, the little girl from um, Doctor Doolittle Three. <laughs> And it just, I'm looking it, it up. It did not catch on. Nobody was like, yeah, we need some more of that Barney. Oh, yeah. This was 1998. So I'm sure I watched this plenty of times. So I knew he had, I was, I was a kid. He had Baby Bop. And I knew about the, the other one, the yellow one. Um, 
I don't know mm-hmm. enough about him to know his name though. There was a fourth I dinosaur at one point, apparently. That's weird. Mm, I don't remember that, but no, I don't either. But I'm looking at this picture here. There was apparently an orange dinosaur that joined them at one point. Huh. Uh, I don't remember a fourth one. I don't like what, it. What picture are you looking at? Uh, I'll send you the link. I, there's a Barney wiki. Okay. And in this wiki, they go of over course, all yeah. the various <laughs> iterations. Incarnations. Yeah. The incarnations. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's weird that adults have opinions on Barney, you know? Mm-hmm. Unless there's something actually wrong where you as an adult need to step in in some capacity. Right. Uh, you should not have an opinion about Barney. Oh, my God. That that dinosaur is scary. What the hell? <laughs> it the is one just... that you sent me? The the orange one? That's yeah. scary. Yeah. Like, they, they struck gold with that, you know, early 90s second design of Barney. That was the sweet spot. Baby mm-hmm. Bob, they got lucky. Okay. Yep. The little yellow one, I don't know enough about him. Maybe he was annoying. He looks like he could be an aggravating character. But the orange one? Oh, see, that there I, here I am, a grown adult, having a, an opinion about dinosaur characters. But you know what? At the end of the day, it's for the kids. If they like it, that's fine. I don't know anything about it. It is for the kids. I don't know about yeah. Coco Melon. I don't know about Bluey, even though apparently Bluey is like the thing now. Um, and has been since. Louis is very peaceful, yes, and like almost like healing. Um, it's a it's incredible. I, I'm not saying I'm sitting down watching Bluey a lot though. You know? You've heard about like people get high and watch Bluey now. Like that's the thing. Even without the kids, they just turn on Bluey, and it's gotten yeah. so severe now. Where there have been stories coming out where people have been like almost coming to blows in Target and Walmart fighting over stuffed Bluey dolls. No. You're missing the point. Guys, You're missing the whole kids. point. It's Let for kids. Let them enjoy it. Stop. Stop being fucking weird. I'm sorry. It, it's like, always funny with yeah, shows can... like this. You know, it's, it's all about sharing and learning the power of friendship and stuff like this happens. And then the adults don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, I don't care, you know, if you're watching Bluey while you're high, I I, I don't care, you know, but don't, like, you know, leave, leave, like, the merchandise and stuff. And if you want to get, like, a Bluey stuffed animal action figure or whatever, that's cool. But, like, at the end of the day, it is for a kid. Like, Mm -hmm. you kids should have dibs on stuff. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, you're right. Especially that shows for, like, younger kids, too. I don't know. It just feels fucked up. Like, I really feel like as adults, you know, adults that go through arrested development and stuff like that, adults that still cling to their childhood and read comic books and play video games and that sort of thing, there should be some Mm -hmm. rules of decorum. And I offer this to, I offer this to our listeners. I offer this to everyone. If you are ever in a situation where you're in a toy store, and you see yourself reaching for something and you see a young child reaching for something, let that kid have it. And I say this not only yeah. because, you know, it's the right thing to do. It's the decent thing to do. I'll also appeal to your, your common sense. I'll appeal to your, your sensibility here because 
when you're gone, who is going to carry on the legacy of this fandom? Who is going to keep it strong? Who is going to keep buying the things along with you to keep it a lucrative fandom as you get older in age and you have things like bills to pay and medical uh, invoices and that sort of thing? You need those kids to buy the merch to keep it on TV and keep it in the movie theaters. So by all means, be selfish in that way. <laughs> Don't be also selfish. Also, just, it's a yeah. kid. Like... <laughs> We shouldn't even have to like be so. I just I don't know, man. Yeah. I maybe I'm like old and crotchety or whatever, but I'm just like, you know, be decent to each other. Like we say, be excellent to each other all the time on this show. Why yeah. the fuck aren't people doing that? <laughs> they need to get with the times. Get with the program. We're not only <laughs> suggesting it; we're demanding that you be excellent to each other. Because yeah, there's there's no good outcome here of taking a toy from a child. Literally, taking candy from a baby was one of the worst things that people could imagine in the 1920s, and that's why that phrase even even was invented. And here you are, taking a bluey from a little kid. How dare you? <laughs> Give that bluey Don't to Don't take bluey from the baby. Right. Don't do it. Right. Anyway. Unless there's no kid around, then you can buy it. That's fine, yeah. you know? You know? <laughs> <laughs> all right so all right the we're big in game. The show already i don't yeah. know welcome yeah. people <laughs> welcome yeah the game i didn't watch the game i'm just telling you now yeah it was a great concert uh it was a great rihanna special that aired uh, <laughs> this past weekend there was some you know overarching theme of america i don't understand what that was all about but the Rihanna special was fantastic. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah, she's fantastic. And the I don't know how she got away with the reveal of being pregnant. I That was incredibly impressive of Man. her to keep that hidden until she was out on stage. Yeah, it's kind of incredible, too, because it's like, you know, you never want to assume that somebody's pregnant unless they flat out tell you Mm-mm. that that's the case. Right. You can get in a lot of trouble that way. But... You know, folks the next day were like, yeah, that's that's a baby. That is, there's a baby in that. There's a bun in that oven. It's happened again. Rihanna. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, a now few that thoughts. I, I wouldn't question. I wouldn't question it, like, if you were going, oh, yeah, she's pregnant. Because she literally, like, revealed and then, like, touched her stomach to, mm-hmm. you know, to show, hey, I'm pregnant. You know? So... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, look, Rihanna is, as we've said many, many times, she's a billionaire. She's comfortable in her life where she doesn't have to perform or come out in public unless Mm -hmm. she wants to. If she was working on a good food, baby, hell, go ahead and pat that stomach. Mm -hmm. Be proud of that. Like, yep, that's right. No, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, just a few thoughts about the halftime show. Like, first of all, now I understand why they call that man ASAP Rocky, because she had a baby. <laughs> My no. man got right back in there. <laughs> ASAP. He got right back in there. Boy, yeah. he was like, nope, you ain't going back to work. We <laughs> we got a family. <laughs> because people uh, were people were expecting like this was going to be like the big concert like announcement or something. But no, it was a baby announcement. <laughs> See, I know I could never 
carry a child because if I carried a child, I would just never want to do anything. Like I barely want to do anything now. (laughs) So, but the fact that she was pregnant and doing a halftime show is insane. Like ridiculously impressive. Can you believe I heard actual grown men complaining like, Oh, she didn't do enough and that sort of thing. And I wasn't sports entertained. Who gives a fuck what you think, man? Listen, the woman was out there on a floating platform on a Super Smash Brothers level. Yeah. Pregnant. Well, very pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so what is this rank with your favorite halftime shows? Like, do you have a favorite? Did you have a favorite going into this? Um, I loved Prince. I loved Beyonce. Uh, I remember Springsteen putting on a great halftime show, mm-hmm. but yeah, uh, I don't, I don't necessarily have rankings. Right. Um, but yeah, I thought she was fantastic. I thought she was too. Like, I always want them to be longer than they are, like bigger than they are, you know? <laughs> right. Because this one was pretty fucking impressive though. Yeah. I didn't want it to stop. I was saying, please don't stop the music. Yeah. It was me. I was the one. But, I mean, she sang so many songs. So many of her songs, too. It's like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. I forgot she made that song. Oh, yeah, yeah that's right. You know? But. She she made some interesting choices with the set list. I was surprised by that. That's true. Somebody made it make sense. Like, I, I saw so many posts about it, of course, all over the place. But somebody was like, yeah, see, mm-hmm. the beginning of it is her coming out and saying I'm back. And the middle of it is her like, yeah, but I'm a mom now. And the end of it is like, but I'm still the mm-hmm. best, you know, just stuff like that. I'm like, wow, people yeah. really read a lot into that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, she has such dedicated fans. So Right, right. Um, yeah, it was really cool. It was a great performance. I really dug it. Uh, you know, I, of course, still say Prince is top for me, especially with I, I read an oral yeah. history of yeah. it today, which I got to share this article with you and. Of course, with the Discord folks, yeah, but send that to me. Somebody, uh, well, not somebody, several people um, who were there and who participated in Princess Halftime Show. They gave, uh, you know, their oral history of it. But one of the things I didn't know was that at one point, um, somebody on Princess Crew ran over some very important cords, some very important wires, uh, you know, power oh, cords shit. for the show. Um, and this was like minutes before they went on. And so somebody on the lighting team had to go out there and for the 12 minutes that Prince played physically cut, he he cut the wires open. He exposed the wires and had to hold them together during the entire performance. Do you remember how hard it was raining that day? (laughs) I remember it was raining. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So that man was out there risking electrocution the whole time. Yeah. It's a power line concert. Have you for ever real. been electrocuted? Oh yeah, yeah, I have been. Yeah, <laughs> I have been too. And it was really funny because it happened. It happened to me the other day when I was putting stuff together here, and I went, ah! and Kayla was like, "What?" And I was like, "Oh, I." And I just started laughing. I was like, "Oh, I just got electrocuted." And she's like, "How do you keep getting electrocuted? What is wrong with you?" <laughs> <laughs> I accidentally touched the metal part. That's what happened. I don't know. <laughs> hey, sometimes coffee just won't do it, you know? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah I, I um, 
I mean, yeah, in that scenario, he's definitely risking his life. That's yeah. nuts. <laughs> For the music, man, was dedicated. So, I mean, just the the sheer audacity right there <laughs> that, you know, it was it was hanging on by a thread the whole time. And it was still one of the best performances ever. That's just like, that's cemented as the best of all time right there. So, yeah. Yeah. It was a good show. It's still shocking that Prince is dead. Yeah. It yeah, really is. I hate the NFL too. Um, shout out to Cheryl Lee Ralph, who sang uh, Lift Every Voice and Sing as well at the beginning of the show. She did it a fantastic mm-hmm. job. Looked amazing doing it. Her Her daughter did her hair, makeup, and wardrobe and everything. Her husband was up in the stands, like, you know, raising the fist while she sang the song. It was just a whole family affair. It was beautiful. She did such a great job. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Right on. That's great. But and yeah, also, I don't really have any other thoughts about the Super Bowl, honestly. Yeah. Um, I know there were trailers and stuff that they premiered. I don't give a fuck about The Flash, dude. I don't no, care. No, there's a lot of discourse right now about you know, whether or not it's ethical to support this movie. And, you know, you and I have been very consistent about, uh, you know, fucking pirate this movie if you want to see it that bad or just don't go see it. Because at the end of the day, it's a film. A lot of people are uh, out there, you know, some some influencers are trying to cement their tickets to the red carpet premiere. And they're saying all kind of things like, oh, well, you know, it's not just Ezra. You got to think about the producer, the director. You got to think about all the other actors involved, too. And I'm saying shit like no, that. No, I mean, that's true. It's <laughs> like, true, that sucks. but that type of attitude is what kept R. Kelly going for so long, honestly. You know, and I know it, it seems like a weird comparison to jump to, but to, you think about it. R. Kelly had management. He had producers. He had writers. You know, he had arrangement he had backup Mm -hmm. dancers backup singers all those people suffered because he fucked up but even still Mm -hmm. after after years after years he finally got called called out for his bullshit and so i'm glad that it's not taking years for ezra to get called on their bullshit and people are voicing their very strong opinions about this it's 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 unfortunate you know yeah, and the whole promotion for this movie is just going to be their their little apology tour too, and that's just annoying. I, I okay, let's set aside all of the Ezra stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, let's let's push that aside for a second. Did you think it looked good? Because I don't think it actually looks good. It I think looked, like it looks yeah. kind of pandering and shit. Like, and I don't understand what this movie is going to be. Truthfully, it's weird. You know, because guys my age, we have a lot of the folks that I'm seeing reacting to this, they have a very strong, uh, (laughs) almost uh, um, emotional is the best way to describe it. An emotional reaction to seeing Michael Keaton in a bat suit again. Right. And I kind of get that. Yeah, I mean, that is really cool. Of course. It's cool. But I also offer the fact that we know, you know, those of us that read comics and have read Flashpoint we know ultimately what's going to happen in this, in this story. And we know that again, and I, here we go using that phrase again, at the end of the day, this is a flash movie. We've already confirmed that Ezra is going to be in it at least twice side by side, starring with themselves. And Michael Keaton is going to be a very small portion 
of this overarching story. So much so that I feel personally that everything I needed out of that, I got from the trailer because like you said, it's pandering, right? I saw the Mm -hmm. Batmobile. I saw the Batcave. I saw like seven different bat suits that would have filled in the gaps between the eighties and now with all the Batman appearances. Mm -hmm. And I saw Michael Keaton say, I'm Batman. What else do I need? That's it. (laughs) Right. They did show a lot. They showed their. Yeah. Yeah. They showed a lot. And it's like anything else is just going to be a disappointment. It's going to be like, Oh, this is dragging on, or this is like, they could have done better. Or here's five, here's 10 things wrong with (laughs) Michael Keaton in the flash movie from, uh, what culture or not what culture, um, uh, watch Mojo. Yeah. Something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. We're going to see yeah. it. Yeah. It's, it's already written. I, I'm sure I will watch it when, uh, especially for my Ben Affleck Batman. <laughs> no, I'm sure I'll watch it when it comes on HBO max sure. because that's fine. But you know, I'm, I'm not going to see this movie in theaters. I have no fucking interest in that. It's also funny to me, and this is something we haven't touched on yet. It's really funny to me that they're pushing this so hard when it comes out in June and Shazam yeah. Fury of the Gods literally debuts next month. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think about that. Did they show? Cause I didn't watch all of the, did they show ads for Shazam? I didn't see an ad for Shazam. I mean, I will say it is tradition to premiere really big movie trailers during the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not crazy to, you know, have a movie coming out months from now and having the first trailer premiere during the Super Bowl. Right. That said, but, it's weird that they're not promoting Shazam on the same level. Yeah. For sure. As has been the tradition, though, as of late, the trailers drop before the Super Bowl even started. You know, like this Flash trailer. Yeah. It, it debuted online, and so did the trailer for mm-hmm. Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> well, I should mm-hmm. say a new trailer. But this trailer, again, it was playing on nostalgia because it, the soundtrack to this, uh, it was supposed to be like an ad for the Super Mario Brothers plumbing service out of Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And it was the theme song to the Super <laughs> Mario Brothers Super Show. The mm-hmm. smile on my face. It was like an, a 180-degree <laughs> turn from that, that mess with the Flash, let me tell you. Like, I yeah. loved that song. I loved that show. And the fact that we didn't have to hear Chris Pratt say anything in that ad, that contributes to it as well. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be fun. Yeah. Illumination has the done a lot of movies. The animation is beautiful. Yeah, Oof. yeah. And that cut that... that production company has done enough at this point to really know what works and what doesn't. And I, I do feel like um, they work closely with Nintendo to get the field down and the use of that song just cements mm-hmm. it to me. Also, I heard that because um, they, they have a, uh, a customer uh, testimonial at the end of the ad, you know, and it's a woman in her apartment mm-hmm. and she's saying this real corny line. I found out that that voice actress is the same one who played, um, Princess Toadstool in the original cartoon. So they're playing oh, all the hits. that's cool. They know what they're doing. And yeah. I'm I'm <laughs> cautiously optimistic about this film, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm I am too. We we've talked a lot about the weird voice stuff and everything, but I still think it's gonna be fun. Yeah, same. Same, same, same. But other than those yeah, two ads, 
Was there anything else? I mean, there was nothing like, there was no big Dorito ad. There was no big, like, you know, Budweiser ad or um, anything like that. I felt, I felt like on Twitter, Cocaine Bear was doing very well. <laughs> I'm very excited for Cocaine Bear. <laughs> I'm going to edit this. I saw this. you have a Cocaine Bear story. I do. So. And I'm going to edit this so the audio just says, I'm very excited for Cocaine. So just get ready for that. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Perfect. Something that we often overlook about this film is that it's directed by Elizabeth Banks. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she is very proud of her film, which she should be, because, yeah, it is viral. Everybody's talking about it. And um, she's she's playing up to it so much so that um, last week when it was reported that three and a half tons of cocaine uh, were found floating in the Pacific Ocean. Uh, people started trending on Twitter the hashtag cocaine shark. And when asked about it, Elizabeth oh, Banks was like, Yeah, you know, uh, if Cocaine Bear does well, then we will make a cocaine shark sequel. So get ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I'm excited. Yeah, it, yeah. It really does look really funny. I got to tell my coworkers today that like it's based on a true story and nobody believed me. And then we looked it up <laughs> like, hello, believe, no, mm-hmm. believe it. It's it's legit. Check it out. So because it doesn't seem like it seems ridiculous. And that's the fun. <laughs> oh, but I'm sorry, Lex. We, we actually have to go back to something here. I, I forgot that we actually um, mm. do have a paid advertisement. Uh, from Warner Brothers for one of their upcoming films that I need to I need to read. Okay. Okay. Coming this summer. Have you been in a coma for the last two years? Are you suffering from both short and long-term memory loss? Do you value your personal entertainment above ethical consumption of media? From the people that brought you Hogwarts Legacy and canceled a whole Batgirl movie that was completely finished, it's The Flash. Witness a movie studio completely misunderstand how to read a room by releasing a film starring not one, but two Ezra Millers. Revel in what the wrestling industry would call a spot fest as they spam two Batmen. See the introduction of a brand new Supergirl that will completely be done away with and forgotten about by the time the credits roll. (laughs) Watch out. The Flash is coming. Only in theaters. The Flash is coming. A threat. (laughs) A literal threat. You better watch out. (laughs) (laughs) Better not cry. (laughs) But why? I'm telling you The man in red coming this time is actually very dangerous. So be careful. It's the blur. Not that one. The other one. (laughs) (laughs) That was just for you. That was it. And, you know. That was fantastic. I appreciated that. We're, we're freaking each other out with this flash business. And I clicked on the notes again and fucking creepy Barney, creepy Barney's looking at me once more. I regret posting His this eyes picture. follow you. They, oh. they really did. Yeah. It's, it was it's horrific. If they'd have kept this costume design, I'm going to have this picture for the weekly post when I'm like, Hey y'all, we got a new <laughs> episode coming out. <laughs> you better watch out. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Okay. So yes, that's, that's our, that's our ad for the episode. Um, 
you know, last week I have no, I have no transition for this. Last week we talked about <laughs> all the stuff coming out from DC, and not to be outdone, somebody found Kevin Feige and asked him what's going on with Marvel. So he had a few things to say. I'm going to give you all the highlights here. First okay. of all, there's going to be a Spider-Man four. They know what it's going to be. They haven't written it yet, but they know what they want the story okay. to be. Yeah, so that's cool. You know, that's good. I mean, if it, if it was anybody else besides Kevin Feige, who, by the way, if you're trying to figure out how to spell his name, it's beige with an F. So you're welcome. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, I hope it's Miles. I'm kind of I'm I'm ready for for that in Spider Man. I I think we need something different. You know. Yeah, I think. A, it'll be a good entry point for Miles because I know that part of the whole thing with Miles and Peter coexisting is that they're both named Spider-Man and you know there's mm-hmm. a lot of that that legacy to live up to that that Miles struggles with. I think it will be cool if they introduce Miles in this universe where everyone, you know, spoiler warning, everyone has forgotten that Spider-Man existed and people just regard him as the mm-hmm. first Spider-Man. And Peter's like, that's not cool. That would be fun. I was here first. What the hell? You know, yeah, that would be cool. Just living in yeah. the shadow of your legacy character. Mm-hmm. Hire me. Yeah, I All think right. that'd be really fun. Also, Deadpool 3 is still happening, and it will be officially the first R-rated movie in the MCU. I mean, it kind of had to be. <laughs> I was going to say, ever? What? <laughs> no. Um, yeah. That's good. I don't see any reason why it shouldn't be R-rated. You know? I mean, they just started letting people kiss in these movies. So I guess, you know, <laughs> that is kind of a big deal. Um, yeah. So Ryan Reynolds, they also uh, announced that Emma Corrin will be in the film. Uh, she has an announced role. You may remember Emma Corrin from something that slips my mind right now. Uh, she was in Pennyworth. She was in The Crown. And that's all I got. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, they also said, Kevin Feige, rather, also said that um, they know how they want to introduce the X-Men. And they are working towards that. He went on to say, the Blade film will be filmed this year. Very noncommittal, but sometimes, oh. sometime this year. Yeah. Why did I think that was going to be a TV show? Because it feels like it could have been a TV show by now, you know? Like, it feels yeah. like if they, if they yeah. were going the TV show route, it would have been done and already on Disney+. Plus. But, Fair. hey, yeah. yeah. Uh, Faggy also confirmed that uh, Harrison Ford... Feige? Feige. Feige. He also confirmed that Harrison Ford, uh, in his role as Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross, will be the President of the United States in the upcoming Captain America film. So it's a pretty big promotion for him. Get off his plane. Harrison Ford, once again, on a plane. Not a good look. Uh, Yeah, they haven't announced a new season of Moon Knight, but Feige said that there's a future for the character and he can't wait to see what that is. So it sounds like they don't have a plan right now, but they want to keep our guy Oscar Isaac you know, on speed dial, just in case. Yeah, I really think it's time for them to 
do a lot of things to kind of relaunch this universe because I, you know, I think we're kind of burnt out and focusing on things like Fantastic Four, X-Men, you know, Deadpool, like, like these other properties, I think will help revitalize it a lot because I'm not excited for more of the same, but I am excited to see what they do with X-Men. I am excited to see what they do with like, you know, characters like Fantastic Four. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I agree with you. I think moving forward, that's going to be interesting. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I'm 100%. I don't need another Spider-Man movie, honestly. Like, yeah. I don't. I, yeah. I do want a good X-Men movie. We've already, you know, broken the uh, the curse, and we've had a successful third Spider-Man film that A, was released, and yeah. B, was enjoyable. So, that's good. Mm-hmm. And not just, you know, revisionist history enjoyable, like, enjoyable when it was actually out. So, <laughs> yeah. Spider-Man 3 Apologists, I'm talking to you. It was... A terrible film. <laughs> it was not good, guys. Sam Raimi didn't even like that movie. So it's just, come on, come on. Oh. Anyway. Yeah. So um, I agree with you. I think that we need to start pulling out the big guns and not just, you know, threading everybody along with the underdogs and going, okay, we're going to turn these sea level heroes into something you care about now. We've been doing this dance for a while, man. It's been over 10 years. Yeah. It's time for the payoff. We've we've yeah. had Infinity War, we've had Endgame. You know, there's not much that can touch that at this point. So give us the good stuff. Yeah, yeah. They they really have to change it cuz I have not watched tons of Marvel stuff. Like I do want to watch the new Ant-Man movie, but like, mm-hmm. I'll see it when I see it. I still haven't watched Black Panther 2. Like, yeah. that that one is just because I haven't gotten around to it. I was excited for that one. I still am. Um, but I haven't gotten around to it. Like, it's just, it's not the same anymore. And I think to keep people in, like, and involved, they're really going to have to do different things. Right. And, right. you know, I think they've been kind of, like you said, going with C characters for a little too long. Yeah. I mean, they've they've established so many characters. So many actors are involved in this universe. But, you know, as far as the, the new Ant-Man goes, now take this with a grain of salt because you know how fickle people can be. But it's mm-hmm. currently the second lowest scored Marvel movie now that it's, you know, kind of had its soft debut, a soft launch or whatever. It's currently the second lowest rated Marvel movie. And for a Paul Rudd film, you can't even blame it on like a review bombing or something like that. So mm-hmm. that's kind of weird. I, I'm hoping it's it's good. I'm hoping yeah. it's just you know the malaise of everything, and it turns out to be enjoyable. But I don't know. It's kind of strange for a Paul Rudd flick to get such a low rating. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know it. I love, I love Ant-Man, you know, like I thought that I, those movies have been really fun, but even I'm kind of like, yeah, okay. You know, I'm not necessarily like, oh, I can't wait to see that. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I'm, I'll look forward to that when it comes with Disney plus, you know? Yeah. You know what else there is to look forward it's to? <laughs> it's true. What? But you know what else there is to look forward to? Amy Poehler, Tina Fey going on tour together. Yes, I saw this. That's exciting. I haven't looked up the tickets, though. Like, I don't know when they go on sale. 
you're out of luck because the pre-sale has already happened. Now you're like, oh, well, the pre-sale, that's cool. When it goes on general admission, you know, maybe you'll get in there or whatever. No, you can't because it's already sold out. Every ticket has been purchased for the Restless Leg Tour, which starts in Chicago on May 20th. Shit. Like, I'm I'm surprised. I didn't. Oh, okay. Shit. So I knew there was a fan base for Amy Poehler and Tina Fey. Um, I didn't know it was that ravenous. I didn't know that was they were that popular. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, I I am one of those people. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I I would have absolutely bought tickets to that had I known. I mean, they're not coming to a city that I live in, but I would have traveled to a location for that one for sure yeah it sucks that it's sold out but i'm not surprised personally well it looks like they're adding more dates as they go too so there may still be hope um i was wrong it doesn't start in chicago uh but the local news kind of misled me on that one um it looks like it starts in washington dc new york uh oh okay no starts in dc Mm -hmm. april 28th and they added Mm -hmm. two additional shows in dc on the 29th and 30th um then it comes to chicago well (laughs) it comes to rosemont illinois on may 19th then chicago on may 20th and 21st boston on june 9th and they end the tour in atlantic city on june 10th this is a surprisingly low amount of dates for this tour I don't think they really want to <laughs> deal with it too much, like too long. They're not going to go <laughs> on a crazy tour. They both have kids and, and you know, the other jobs that they're doing and stuff. So I think this is just something they want to do for fun. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what it's going to lead to because, you know, you know, they're not going to be able to just go on tour and not like come up with incredible ideas about future projects. Right. I mean, look at what happened to Steve Martin and Martin short, you know, we got, only murders in the building out of their continued friendship and slash rivalry, whatever you want to call it, uh, after their stand-up special. What's going to come out of the Tina Fey and Amy Poehler special? What are we going to get out of that? I would watch them just talk on the stage. And <laughs> it might be that. I also feel like, you know, is... <laughs> Is my Rudolph going to show up one night? Oh, is what? Rachel Drash going to show up another night? Things like that are going to happen. Like, that's awesome. Well, yeah, now that Maya Rudolph is unemployed because they dropped her as the Eminem spokesperson, you know, she's got to gotta get work somewhere. Ridiculous. So, you know, good luck to her. I never got my Maya Eminems. Your Ma and Yas? <laughs> Ma and Yas. <laughs> I, I hope she bounces back. I know it's tough to go from spokesperson to unemployed, but... If anybody can do it, it's Maya Rudolph. So, you know, much love and respect to Maya Rudolph. I love Maya Rudolph. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <sighs> but yeah, I I did hear about that. Uh, Kayla, I think, was the one who sent me the information about the, the um, Amy and Tina tour. And I'm like, oh, shit, I do really want to go to that. That's good stuff. I want to see more tours like this. I want I want more comedians to team up. And just go and have fun on the road, do like a variety show sort of thing. Just have conversations, like you said. Mm-hmm. That's dope. I like that. Take some of well, the pressure I think, off. You of know, people. it it it's the same way that we have like 
you know, these big celebrities that have done TV shows or whatever, doing podcasts now, mm -hmm. I think the pandemic kind of shaped, like shifted the landscape and people want to do different things and they want to feel more connected. So I think that's why you get things like this. Yeah. And I'm all about it. So more of this, everybody. Me too. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, hopefully they announce more dates, at least a couple. So hopefully, you know, you can get in there and check it out. Uh, just a couple more. I'm going to keep an eye out. Yeah. Just a couple more things. One, I wanted to give a little special recognition to a spot in Chicago, because as you know, medical uh, cannabis has uh, been sweeping the nation. And unfortunately, uh, there is a, a large swath of people involved in that industry who are not people of color, specifically non-black. And that's not cool when you consider all of the people who have been locked up for small infractions of possessing marijuana or selling it to somebody or whatever, you know, just smoking it. And you know, you, you would hope when the legalization uh, started becoming more prevalent that we would see more black faces in that industry, uh, you know, just more of a black presence. But we haven't until now. Uh, you know, there, there have been other um, black owned dispensaries in Chicago, but this is the first 100 percent family black owned weed dispensary. And it opened this week in uh, a, a former bank in Logan Square. And I always like the former bank storefronts. I think those are so cool. We have a Walgreens, well, we had a Walgreens in Chicago that was a, a former bank and they had all their vitamins in a vault. But I digress. We're talking about this place. It's called um, the Grasshopper Club. And like I said, they opened this week. Oh, that's a good name. And it, the inside of this place looks beautiful. And I know they're going to get a lot of business, but I wanted to just let people know um, you know, if you are somebody who partakes, you're, you are somebody that's thinking about it. Um, from what I've seen, from what I've heard, the, it's a very uh, friendly environment. I'm going to go check it out myself, actually, because I'm just curious. And a, a coffee shop I like is over there, too. Um, so, yeah, coming up. It's good stuff. It looks really cool. Like, the location looks really cool. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's a great neighborhood, too, Logan Square, so... I'm going to check it out. Nice. Um, yeah. So shout out to the Grasshopper Club. The owner is Matthew Brewer. Uh, he and, and his mother and his brother own the place together. So that's kind of cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. All right. So there's that. And the new trailer for that Donald Glover project that we were talking about a couple of weeks ago has dropped by the name of Swarm. It's going to be on Prime Video, and it's coming a lot sooner than you think. I was very surprised to see that it's going to debut on March 17th. So it's almost like oh, he didn't wow. take a break at all in between this and Atlanta. So my man's working. Yeah, I thought I thought his show was in development. I didn't realize the show was already like getting ready to air. Same. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, keep an eye out for that. Um, you know, the trailer doesn't give us much, but... It does set the mood like a good trailer should. And uh, I'm excited to see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't get a chance to watch the trailer, but I literally pulled up YouTube so I can watch it after. Well, shoot. You can get ready to watch the show prepare. sooner than later, you know? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. So that's all I got yeah. this week. Yeah. Same here, pretty much. Yeah. We started watching The Sopranos. I've never seen it. Really? What are you thinking so far? So, I like it. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. What um uh, what 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 impresses you about it so far? I should I should ask. Um I would say it's really cool watching it knowing it's like the first big HBO show. Mm. And it seems pretty tight out the gate, you know, of like mm-hmm. a high quality, like what you would expect from an HBO show. Which is impressive. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I mean, obviously, people have been singing the praises of that show for years and years and years. Uh, mm-hmm. One of my favorite things about it that I don't really see mentioned too often is just the way it just kind of sets the mood. <laughs> you know, it's it's not mm-hmm. the the catchphrases and the violence and you know the the mob activity and all that stuff that really strikes me. It's the moments in between where James Gandolfini is just kind of like by himself. He's waiting for mm-hmm. somebody to come and meet him to have an important conversation. And he's just standing next to his car and just kind of looking off in the distance. And it's like that seems like that says so much in, in that show, almost more than just the, the run of the mill gangster story in between there. Almost, you know, it, it, that's what impresses me the most because they give it time to breathe. And that's why I really. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. I think when I tried to watch it in the past, I think I was just like, I was expecting it to be different and not so much like the psychological side of this lifestyle that they're in. Yeah. And so going into it now, I like it a lot more. I think I just needed to like, you know, age into it and appreciation. It is worth the rewatch for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so, I, I mean, I'd only seen parts of the first season before, so mm-hmm. I'm pretty much in uncharted territory now as we reach, I think we're at the end of the first season, somewhere like that. Well, I hope you continue to enjoy it, because, uh, yeah, it goes places. <laughs> yeah. It I hope does so too. go places. So, but yeah, nothing else new on my end. Cool, cool. Well, of course, as always, folks, thank you so much for listening. Uh, thank you for, that, for listening to that weird uh ad that we had in the middle too that was kind of odd but thank you for sticking with us through that um if you would like i guess thanks to warner brothers for giving us that weird ad that was uh that was strange you know i feel weird thanking them for anything really whatever um if you'd like to see more of us and, and talk to us and whatnot uh check us out on our discord server which you can access by donating to our patreon patreon.com slash lex and matt if you are a donator to the Patreon and you're not in that Discord, you are missing out on half the show. There's some good times in there. Trust me when I tell you, we got Pet Pick Thursday. We got good good vibes, good conversation with good people. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about the Super Bowl as it was happening. We share trailers. We talk about all kinds of fun things. We'll talk about random shit. Doesn't matter. Talk about whatever. It's true. It's true. And we talk mad trash about stuff, too. It's great. Not each other. We're kind of one another. But we yeah. talk mad trash about stuff outside of that. You know, whatever. Uh, but check it out. Yeah. Also, Lex and Matt, across the board, of course, on all your social medias. 
thank you folks for your continued support as always I'm Matt Peter and I'm Lex Lutz be excellent to each other That was too quiet. I barely heard. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Like, is there a mouse on the microphone? What's going on? Yeah. Actually, yes. It was was ratatouille-ing me the whole time. (laughs) That's how I recorded this podcast. It was Remy all along. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I, I did. I never told you because we we never do video. But I, I have been ratatouille this entire time. I knew it. I knew it. How would I even know yeah. that? Whatever. You had your suspicions. Yeah, yeah.